1: That's why there's Dr. Clapper. Dr. Clapper is the former head of orthopedic surgery at Cedar Sinai. The Weekend Warrior show with Dr. Clapper, presented by Cedar Sinai. Hey, Dr. Clapper, how are, you? how are you? Saturday mornings from seven to nine. Silence
2: is golden when you can't think of a good answer.
1: <laughs> yes, Doc, I love your show. Now here he is, Dr. Robert Clapper.
2: Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. Thanks so much for joining me each and every Saturday and telling your friends and your family. Before we get into the storytelling, I just want to remind all of you as COVID surges and it's really not over yet. And who knows what the Christmas holidays are going to do as well. There is something that you can do to help your fellow man. And that is to donate blood. So make it your business to come to the blood bank at Cedars and donate blood, it's safe and we really, really need it. So tell your friends, this is my appeal to all of you, the Weekend Warrior Nation, it's time to donate some blood. We need it at the hospital desperately. All right, today's topic inspired by thinking about Maurice Jones-Drew and the great Fred Dryer, who's gonna call in at 8.15, about success in life is really the ability to change on a dime change directions, and we're all going to have to do it because of COVID. And Maurice Jones Drew, probably being told his whole life he's too short. In the case of LaDainian Tomlinson, you're too short. You're not fast enough. And both of these men had exemplary careers in football because they could change direction on a dime. And I remember Maurice Jones Drew giving credit to studying ballet, encouraged by his mom and his grandmother to do that. At a time when it really, as he said, as he called in in the first hour, it was kind of strange wearing tights as a little boy, certainly trying to be a macho football player, but he did it. And what I learned from analyzing that and his ability to become such a terrific broadcaster Fred Dreyer becoming such a terrific actor beyond the football field is that when you are capable of changing directions in an instant physically, you're more adept at changing direction in your path in life mentally and emotionally. So let it start from a physical skill set, let it start learning how to make moves physically it will translate to the other aspects of your life and you'll be comfortable at switching gears mentally and emotionally. So I thought all week, in sports, in art, in surgery, where is that power, mentally and physically, of ballet? Well, the greatest ballet dancer of the 20th century was Rudolf Nuriev. And for me, my favorite running back in los angeles history was the san diego chargers ladanian tomlinson who also is in broadcasting now transitioning so beautifully but i remember him as a player breaking all kinds of records they never won a super bowl but he almost single-handedly got them to win a super bowl which is impossible in a team sport but I wanted to look back into the career of LaDainian Tomlinson because he was so successful as his ability to literally be like a jackrabbit. Listen to his teammate, Lorenzo Neal, talking about changing on a dime in LaDainian Tomlinson, the running back for the San Diego Chargers, number one.
0: I've seen trained monkeys, donkeys, elephants, big old tigers and lions. I said, you've never seen a trained jackrabbit. And I said, you're like a jackrabbit. When you get the
2: ball, you don't know where you're going exactly right. Number two.
3: That's insane. That is. He
0: is driving them crazy.
2: A cut that only few have ever been able to make. The Danny and Tomlinson had the ability to switch gears like nobody else. Here he is now in 2006 playing for the San Diego Chargers, about to set a record for 31 touchdowns in a single season. 31, it's almost averaging like two run it, rushing touchdowns per game. But the last play where he's gonna set the record, Lorenzo Neal, the man who just called him a jackrabbit, slips. The play was designed to go straight into the end zone to get that 31st touchdown. But Lorenzo Neal slips and now he's got the safety coming, right? There's no way he's gonna be able to not get tackled. Listen to the comfort that Ladanian Tomlinson had, as he calls it, I bounced it. I was able to change directions in an instant. Let's go to number 13.
0: I said, guys, you know, we're going to all be all one day. When we look back on this clip, I don't want it to be about me. I want it to be about us. I was crying in the huddle just because I knew we were about to do something. I had tears in my eyes snapping. I was like, oh, God, don't mess this snap up. And I'm like, all right, LT. I said, get on my hip and don't dip. Let's go. We're going to score this touchdown. I'm like, this is going to be great. I get to lead LTN. I'm going to be on NFL Network. This is going to be great. The play is designed to go straight up the middle. I see the safety. I'm going to go blow this guy up.
2: I trip. I fall. He falls. What are you gonna do if you are gonna follow the rules and do it without thinking, without understanding that you need to change directions in an instant sometimes? That's the difference between success and failure. Listen to when Ladainian Tomlin says, I did what I did naturally, I bounced it. I changed directions in an instant when I saw that it was not possible to go forward because Lorenzo Neal slipped. And he missed blocking the safety who's coming right at me. Number 14.
0: So what did I do? I bounced it. Starts it outside.
1: Into the end zone. Charger fans are witnesses to history. I remember off Oh supply. Yeah, that's why you're the greatest. That's why you're the
2: greatest. The joy they had picking him up, and just everybody felt a part in it.
1: A great number 21, as humble as the day is long, celebrated with all of his teammates in the end zone, and there was no spotlight dance. Pointing to the guys, pointing to the crowd, as it wasn't about him. (laughs) And that's why guys loved him.
2: (laughs) How many touchdowns he had that year? Was it 26?
0: 31 touchdowns, 31 touchdowns in one season, it's a crazy number.
2: And that's Emmett Smith, the very man he tried to emulate. Still the record holder for most yards in a career. Someone that LaDamian Tomlinson met as a child who inspired him. Changing directions physically leads to learning how to change it emotionally as well. Maurice Jones Drew learns that from studying ballet. What is it about ballet that teaches you that? The greatest ballet dancer of the 20th century, Rudolf Nureyev learned it early and fell in love with it early. Let's listen to how it all started for this Russian ballet dancer and how he was able to bounce it, to switch gears and come to America and defect from the Soviet Union. But first let's listen to the abject poverty he grew up in as a child, number one.
3: Rudolf Nureyev was one of the 20th century's most charismatic figures. Adored by millions, he dominated the world of ballet for more than 30 years with his beauty, passion, and athletic prowess. But this god of the dance came from humble beginnings. He was born on a crowded train traveling across Siberia in 1938, and at the age of three, he was evacuated with his mother to a remote village in the Bashkir Republic. Life was hard. His childhood was spent in grim poverty, and he remembered often going hungry. But at the age of six, he was taken to the ballet for the first time, and it changed his life.
2: I want you to hear his voice. This is Nuriev speaking about seeing ballet for the very first time and it changing his life. Realizing this is what I want to do with my life. Number
1: two. I saw Ballet at the age of six first time. The next year, at the age of seven, I saw Swan Deck. Mm-hmm. And of course, I was flabbergasted and I saw, I, I knew that's what I'm going to do. I remember when I came to the kindergarten next morning, uh, there's one room with a crystal chandelier and parquet floor. I was dancing away. I don't know what I was doing. Uh, back quickly whisked me out
3: and threw into the garden. <laughs> Number five. At the end of his course, he went to a competition in Moscow and amazed everybody with the way he danced, including the Corsair Pas de Deux, which later became one of his signature pieces in the West. Um, so it was no surprise that he got offered a contract with the... Kirov Ballet in
2: Leningrad. Number six.
3: He spent the next three years at the Kirov dancing principal roles in the great 19th century classics, Sleeping Beauty, Swan Lake, La Bayadere and Le Corsaire. By the time he went to Paris with the company at the age of 23, he was already one of Russia's biggest stars.
0: There had been rumors Reports in 1959, 1960 about this extraordinary young man. And when in 1961 the Kirov Ballet came to Paris,
3: Nuriev danced. We heard about this and we expect him in London.
2: You expect him in London, everybody did. But because he could pivot, because he could change directions on the dance floor, he now realizes, I'm not staying in Russia anymore. I'm gonna defect. Well, the Russians knew this was coming and they tried to arrest him in the Paris airport, but he ran to the police station. He's only 20 years old and says, I want asylum. And they give it to him during the height of the cold war, no less. Number seven.
3: Paris was a watershed in Nureyev's life, not only because of his huge artistic success there, but also because it gave him his first taste of freedom. Obviously he tasted a new kind of experience. Um it wasn't approved, but he mixed with dancers from the Paris Opera. He went out and savoured the nightlife. Um he had a wonderful time, um not doing what he was told to do, which was always his attitude. Number eight. Despite an array of success, his arrogant disdain for company regulations so angered Soviet authorities that so they ordered him to return to Moscow on the pretext of dancing at a state gala.
2: Probably authority authorities thought, he's dangerous, we have to better now to send him back to Moscow. And
3: he, he had an had a, had a intuition. Last moment, he jumped to the police in airport.
2: And just like Maurice Jones Drew and Ladanian Tomlinson and Barry Sanders and these great running backs who can turn on a dime, Marcus Allen, they also had successful careers after football because they also learned they could turn on a dime mentally. It's exactly what Nureyev is doing with his life. I'm defecting. Number nine.
3: On June the 17th, 1961, while waiting at the airport, Nureyev handed himself over to the French authorities. The kirov went on to London without him. And the next day, we've been in London, and I remember holding newspaper, and uh, on the with headline of this big portraits of him, headline Rudy defection sensation. And as especially for us, uh, for kirov ballet, to see that we uh,
2: were so down. Now listen to the orchestra director, with the Royal Ballet, John Lanchbury, eyewitness for us the very first time the West, in England, sees Nuriev. He's in the back of the stage. He runs as fast as he can and stops on a dime at the front of the stage, he almost falls into the orchestra pit. But listen carefully when he says, He ad-libs. This is what ballet teaches you, changing on a dime, ad-lib. and Tomlin said, I bounced it. These are the terms that you use when you change on a dime. Let's play number 12.
3: The whole house was bursting to see this dancer they'd heard about that had escaped and the curtain went up after a little overture, and there he was standing right at the back of the stage, and somehow the look of him holding the cloak, immobile, and the continuance of the music, froze the house. They, I don't think anyone clapped, as it were. Then we came to this first musical climax, and he suddenly rushed forward as fast as he could, right to the front of the stage, right opposite me, and the whole house went mad. They went ah! like this. It was a terrific shock for the audience so much so that he lost his nerve and he forgot all the steps that fred had given him and so he sort of ad libbed a solo and then picked up a bit that fred had given him and so on but it wasn't really the solo that fred had given him at all
1: mm.
2: you learn how to change direction if it's one thing 2020 is teaching us we're gonna have to change direction maybe we should all take ballet lessons what the hell certainly go on youtube and watch this dancer fly through the air and do things that nobody else has ever done. Rudolf Nureyev, Ladanian Tomlinson, teaching us about changing direction in life. Coming up next, I'm gonna to talk to a man who knows a lot about how to change direction. Greatest safety in NFL history, in my opinion, who then has the most successful acting career. He knows a lot about changing directions in life the great Fred Dreyer, you're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN.
1: Holy emoji, clap man. Weekend Warriors on Facebook. Holy slip disk. That's right, Robin. Hear listeners talk about their aches and pains. Holy hamstrings. Along with Doc's Clapper vision. Breathe deeply. And advice to callers.
4: On your toes, Robin.
1: So like follow and enjoy a wise decision the weekend wear facebook page frankly i can think of nothing more stimulating
0: Hey, what's up? It's LZ. Look, you know there's no better way to start your Saturday than with Dr. Clapper and The Weekend Warrior Show. 7 to 9 a.m. Saturday mornings. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant.
2: Oh, my God. That's amazing. Start your weekend
0: off right, listening to The Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. I'm still quelling. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN. 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers.
4: (laughs) Soon you'll be drenched to the bone. If your time to you is worth saving Then you better start swimming or you'll sink like a stone Or the
2: times
4: they are changing
2: Welcome back, Weekend Warriors! The great Bob Dylan teaching us how important it is to be able to change directions in an instant. A football player needs that to survive and to succeed we all need to learn that lesson physically and mentally. And who knows it best than my favorite football player of all time, the great Fred Dreyer. Fred, thanks so much for getting up early to be with us. Dr. Rob, it's so great to be with you. (laughs) I love hearing your voice. And I can't wait for all of us to benefit from the life lessons in your beautiful resume, football player, actor, and all the many things. I find you to be the greatest teacher, Uh, not of football, not of acting, although you're amazing at that, but of life because you see the dots to connect in life. So tell me, Fred Dreyer, where do you see the connection of being physically able to excel at changing directions in an instant physically, but then it translates to being comfortable doing it mentally? How do you see it? Well, you have to understand, in your profession, uh,
4: uh, you're constantly collecting information. And uh, you collect it through uh, 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 paying attention to what you're doing, comprehending it, interpreting it, and then giving it back. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's the same thing with uh, football, uh, sports. It's the same thing with uh, uh, in medicine in your profession. Mm-hmm. And every, everybody has a, two pair of, you know, a pair of eyes, two eyes that take in information, and the brain, in its great wisdom, is able to manufacture uh, the direction in which you now get to make choices. Mm-hmm. And it comes down to your imagination. What kind of a brain do you have? Do You have one that that's, that searches for information and answers. And uh, uh, I, I was uh, I was blessed to be able to have a I think a pretty good imagination in projecting myself in
2: the direction I wanted to go. Didn't you once tell me being undersized? on the defensive line sometimes by 80 pounds going against these 350 pound behemoths and for you to be able to have that quick first step that you learned i do not you'll have to tell me if someone taught you this to make eye contact and if that offensive lineman was looking at you you knew they were going to be coming at you and that gave you the advantage to take the first step and push them out of the way
4: yes there there's there so many Tells you know in my position, uh, I'm a I'm I, I'm about a foot away from the opposition at all times, <laughs> and and wow. so you've got you've got a short period of time to d- make a decision uh, and change on literally instantaneously uh so in, in order to 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 uh kind of uh get ahead of the game and to and, and never to be a victim, you have to take in uh visual information and you and you do that uh very quickly and you make your changes and your change of directions very quickly and uh and one of the things that that I picked up over the years was there's certain a progression of information that I checked off each and every play. And, and it became a habit, and, and it became a, 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 a notebook on, on my interpretation of how to play the position.
2: Your fascination, Fred Dreyer, with the nonverbal communication Whether that person wanted to communicate, clearly they didn't, because they're trying to beat you. But you picked up on and were sensitive to the nonverbal communication. Tell us, in acting, when you've got the script and you know your lines, was it super enjoyable for you in terms of acting, the nonverbal abilities to do a scene with another actor? Well, it, it's,
4: it's, it's the same thing, isn't it? You're, you're, you're making eye contact. You understand, uh, you know, what the scene is about. And then you have your uh, interpretation, your imagination and your choices. It becomes fun. It becomes like uh, like you would say, gee, I'm, 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 in this pizza shop all by myself, and I get to make my favorite pizza.
2: (laughs) All right, I wanna pick your brain a little bit. Take us through a moment in time on the football field and in making TV shows where you witnessed a move by a running back, by another player, where they changed literally on a dime, almost breaking the ankles of the other player in football, and then take us through what you witness as an actor.
4: Well, well it's, it's, uh, it's an amazing thing. Running backs uh, uh, in my era, mm-hmm. in my era was 1969 through 81. Uh, mm-hmm. In the National Football League, it was a running uh, league. Wasn't The emphasis was on controlling the line of scrimmage and taking your, the, your running backs and dominating the line of scrimmage. And off of that uh, fact, off of that uh, desire to control the line of scrimmage, uh, you were given opportunities to break away from that. You you got to be able to change direction as a running back, and and uh, and on the other side of that, defensively, you know we we were uh, uh, we were treated. I know I was. You know whether it, you know it was uh, you know Gale Sayers, uh, whether it was uh, you know the the great O.J. Simpson's all the great running.
2: Did you play against out. Barry Sanders?
4: I think, I think we did 80 at hmm. 69 day. I think I did 81. I was out of the league. I know we played, uh, hmm. I know we played a, a couple of Thanksgiving games in Detroit. I think Barry was there. Uh, but OJ Simpson that, was special. Yeah, he, he really was. And, uh, uh, it's interesting, the running styles uh, of, of these great geniuses. To, to, you talk about making changes of directions in tight spaces. Mm-hmm. You can also see how, uh, yeah, I got to chase a lot of these guys. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, uh, and you got to see them steer the wagon. You got wow. to literally be in on the Matrix of watching them make decisions and then once they made the decision they accelerated and and it was fascinating to to be able to uh it's like chasing a cheetah you know you you, you watch the tail and the tail is going to give you a pretty good idea of what the hell that animal's going to be doing very quickly hmm
2: is there a scene in a movie in a TV show in, in acting that we've all witnessed that you can teach us in your opinion is your favorite. And for the reasons that maybe we don't appreciate, do you have a favorite scene by an actor or an actress, which just amazes you?
4: Gosh, uh, so, there's just so many of them, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, I I uh, I can't think of any offhand. There's uh, okay. there's, uh, there's some there's some uh, real good uh, uh, there's some real good uh, uh, movies that are on Netflix nowadays. And every once in a while you'll
2: uh, you'll okay, Fred. Then let me ask you this: What are your top? Five, I can't say number one, but Fred Dreyer's top five movies of all time.
4: Uh well uh I you know I I think it uh maybe
2: uh Gone with the Wind
4: that I just recently saw here. As a matter of fact wow. I saw it last week. Hmm. Uh, uh Gone with the Wind and
2: uh uh Is there a favorite know, scene that you have in Gone with the Wind now that you saw it a week ago?
4: Oh there's so many there's so many a uh, uh, great Scenes in there uh, that were uh, that were memorable. Uh, I I, I think the fun scene is certainly where Rep. Butler at the end of the movie, uh, you know, Charlotte's uh, 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 trying to figure out what's going to happen to her now, and that 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 everybody's dead (laughs) and gone, and. and she asks Rep Butler, what'll happen to me? And now that everybody's gone, and he just says, frankly, me, dear, I don't give a damn. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then turns and walks away and disappears into the fog. You know? <laughs> and, and, and she's left to ponder that. You know, she's, and then she starts to surmise to herself, Gee, I, how do I get him back? So, you know, <laughs> she immediately makes the pivot, you know, from, from victim to uh, now she's going to conjure up a way of of getting her, her, her husband, <laughs> Rhett
2: Butler, back to come back to her, you know. It's oh, really yeah. a lot of fun. Did you ever go to the ballet as a patron? Did you ever go witness the ballet?
4: Yeah, I did. Yeah, I didn't have a lot of time, you know, in New York when I was there, but uh, I got to go see a, a couple of uh, ballets, and uh, I knew uh, I knew uh, Anthony Zerby, an actor, great actor. His daughter was in the ABT, America Ballet Theatre, and yeah. so I I knew her and uh, and Anthony, and then we we went over and watched her watched her practice one day, and then. Uh, we went over and watched a great performance one evening
2: as a as a football player as a physical acting's physical as well, but particularly as a football player, your appreciation for what a dancer does leaping, jumping, landing, twisting turning uh you must be a different appreciation than the rest of us you know what you
4: know what what's really interesting about that. Is I remember um, watching them practice, and they were they got such great height, and and when they landed, you never heard them. Mm. It was it was it was like someone turned the sound off. They were so uh, athletic, and their legs. you have to understand they had to push their weight off of the surface of the stage with Mm -hmm. their toes and their calves and their legs, and then to get height, such great height, and as they would say, hang time, and then come down beautifully on their toes and break themselves with their with their thighs and their Achilles tendons and everything else.
2: You know? Well, that's one of my favorite parts of the musculoskeletal system is really having an appreciation, Fred Dreyer, for the fact that, for example, your calf muscle, the gastroc and soleus muscles, and that mm-hmm. biggest tendon in the body, Achilles tendon, when the muscle in the back of your calf shortens and contracts, That, everybody understands, is what allows you to leap and to jump. We call that concentric or shortening of the muscles as they fire to give you the power to fight gravity and to fly, to leap up. But my favorite part of musculature is the opposite, which is what you just touched on, which is, okay, now you're in midair. Your your calf muscles contracted, shortened, And accomplished what you wanted you leap you're flying but now you actually have to fire the muscle in the opposite direction we call it eccentric loading of the muscle because now you're going to land with your toes down plantar flexion but your same muscle calf muscles have to contract as it lengthens as your foot becomes flat with the ground and that is really the secret sauce while you see achilles tendon surgeries patients do so well where in the past they didn't because we have an appreciation that in the rehab we actually favor the training in the rehabilitation of eccentrically lowering loading the muscle more than the old days where you just shorten the muscles in the rehab when you train these muscles to come back eccentrically they actually are more sophisticated neuromuscular firings that take place. And that's what gives us more success. So what you say when you appreciated how softly they landed is exactly right. That's actually the more sophisticated role of the muscle is that it it, it fires even though it's being lengthened. It's amazing.
4: You know, I, I do remember uh, the poster of Rudolf Nureyev. You know, every once in a while, posted around New York City advertising the ballet, and uh, and the, the image of of this great athlete in midair with his toes pointed, legs mm-hmm. spread, and he was flying, yep. actually flying through the air. Yep. And I never forget the, uh, the 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 quadriceps. And how uh, and how they they li- it
2: was it was amazing that they could get such liftoff. Mm-hmm. He was a perfect combination of strength and flexibility, which is really you know ten out of ten in both of those categories. Um, and I just love hearing how his dad wanted him to be in the army, like him, macho maneuver. But he, his heart was touched when he saw ballet, and he said, "This is what I want to do with my life." And you know, the perfect, you know, combination you of know, Doc, yeah. You know, excuse me. I I, I met uh,
4: uh, Borishnikov mm-hmm. and uh, over here in in uh, in uh, Culver City at a uh, dance studio, he was uh, wow. he was re- he was just working out. And we walked in, I was meeting my wife over there at the time, mm-hmm. and, uh, and she, was a, she was a dancer, and she uh, was with her girlfriends over there on one Saturday afternoon, and they said, uh, uh, Mikhail Vrishnikov is right down the corridor, you should go down there uh, to a viewing room and look through the glass window, you'll see him practice. So we wow. went down there, we took a peek, and he was there by himself, and uh, he was soaking wet, this guy. And, and he was jumping, he was doing these vaults, and it was just amazing to see this guy uh, uh, d- conduct himself this way, and literally, as he was in midair, had the power to change direction.
2: Mm. You oh, of incredible. all people would appreciate it, exactly, because of the physical nature of your career. Well, Fred, we're always amazed at your stories and, and really, as a teacher, there's nobody better. To be able to go so easily from the world of sports to the world of art, every time I try to do it, I think of you and all the things that you've taught me. Thanks so much for getting up early to be with us this morning. I really appreciate it. Thank you, uh, Dr. Rob, and God bless. All right, young man. Talk soon. All right, that's the great Fred Dreyer, the only still in the record books, the only defensive player to score two safeties in a single game it's still an nfl record the great fred dreyer all right warriors coming up next i gotta tell you where the best pepperoni pizza that i've ever had it's now in la and i had it this week i'll take your calls the number is 877-710-espn you're listening to the one and only weekend warriors show here on 710
4: espn
2: then you better
4: start swimming, or you'll sink like a stone. Or the times they are changing.
1: Miss an interview or Doc's weekly story? Check it out on the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. Also, Doc's advice to callers on their aches and pains. Just type Weekend Warrior in the Facebook search bar, and you'll see Doc's picture in the listings. And thanks for checking out the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. Weekend Warriors, we need blood. Guess where the blood
2: comes from to fill up the blood bank? It comes from high schools that have blood drives. But if you ain't going to high school, you ain't having a blood drive. So I want you all to do me a favor. Yourself, your friends, your family. I want you to make the world a better place and donate some blood. Come to Cedars. Go to the blood bank. You can call and make an appointment. 310-423-5346. Or you can just do walk-in south tower at cedars but i want you to go and donate blood we need it so if ever there was a time to donate blood now is the time and do it for me dr clapper as a loyal congregant of the weekend warrior nation god bless you're listening to The Weekend Warrior Show, presented by Cedar sinai What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. At 42 years old, you know what your new nickname is for me?
0: <laughs> Start your weekend off right, listening to The Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper.
2: You're not Matthew from Santa Monica anymore. You're mister Preop.
0: Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers.
1: That's how you change the world.
2: weekend warriors trying to change the world and i'm definitely putting a call out for donating blood not a lot going on in our lives right now that would be a beautiful thing to do and my advice is to go to the Cedar sinai website and there's a place there where you can look at for donating blood um and sign up and tell them tell them dr clapper sent you from the weekend Warriors show that would be just awesome All right, let's go to Al. The number is eight seven 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 ten ESPN. Al in Inglewood. You're on with Doctor Clapper. How can I help?
0: Hey, Doctor Clapper. Um,
2: Hi, Al. How old are you? What do you do for a living?
0: I'm 58,
2: and I run a security company.
0: I called you a few months back in regards to my knee, but now I'm calling in regards to my back.
2: Got it. Your Uh, neck, your mid back, your lower back. What? Which part of your back? Lower back. Lower back, okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Good. I fell. Uh, I fell completely backwards uh, about uh, maybe about six weeks ago, and okay. uh, when I went in to uh, to the VA, they told me that uh, I had fractured two of the the, the lower discs in my back, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now they're um, uh, um, they said that it might heal on its own. But they also um, have me set up to do a
2: uh, I think it's called
0: a ver- verboplasty.
2: Oh, vertebroplasty. Yes. A ky- yes. It's called a, uh, or a kyphoplasty. But in your case, a vertebroplasty. Oh, boy. Um, how are you doing? Better, worse, or the same?
0: Um, I'm doing better. I still have some pain. It's not as much as it was, you know, uh, it's, the pain has gradually gotten less.
2: Good. That uh, means you're healing, Al. That means that you're healing. In my opinion, in my opinion, Al, don't fool around with it. Don't let them stick epidural cortisone shots in your back. You're not having surgery. You're not having a kyphoplasty or vertebroplasty where they put a catheter in into the bone and balloon it up, expand it, and put cement in. No, thank you. If you're feeling better. if you're feeling better, Al, be holistic. You know what I mean? Get in the pool. Linda Yui's place is still open. Uh, you see if your insurance uh, could pay for it. Belly button high water. You walk forwards, backwards. They do COVID distancing. They wear masks. The water's 92 degrees. You're not going swimming. Belly button high water. You walk forwards, you walk backwards. Half an hour, three days a week. You're already on the road to recovery. How much do you weigh? How tall are you?
0: I'm six feet, and I weigh like 290.
2: Well, there you go. Here's another good thing that you can do. There's a book that I'd love you to read, Al, called Wheat Belly. W-H-E-A-T, belly. Get that book. We had the guy who wrote it, the author, as a guest. I am about to talk about my favorite pepperoni pizza, so I'm the wrong guy to talk to because I love wheat and everything that a kid do. (laughs) But you know what, Al? Everything in moderation. It's not like I'm eating pizza constantly, but it's good to indulge. But you and I both, I mean, when you live in a glass house, don't throw stones. You and I both could lose a few pounds and have a little bit less. You don't have to have four slices of pizza. You're gonna have one and that's enough, but you need to take some weight off. Because if you do, you will have less stress on your lower back and you will feel better. It's just that simple. The problem is okay. the food tastes too good. I love chocolate, I love pizza, and I love ice cream, and they go right to my belly. But the, re- the reality is you gotta take some weight off. You weigh too much. So that's a stress for your back, and the degenerative discs that you're gonna have when you turn 60 and 65 and 70, now is the time to make the investment in your body, which you really have to cherish in terms of keeping it fit so that you don't have trouble later. Spine surgery is the one thing you wanna try to stay away from, trust me. Okay. All right, Al? Listen. Do me a favor. You're a total stranger. It's a pleasure to help you. Today, I want you to find a total stranger. Do something nice for them. That's how you'll be thanking me. Will do. Thank you. All right, God bless you, Al. It's my pleasure. All right, Weekend Warriors, let me tell you about this place. It came from well, from New York. What do I know? It's another place that's trying to sell New York pizza here in Los Angeles. But I could tell there was going to be something different about this place because they actually, in their name, list the street that they're from in New York. And it's called Prince Street. Well, it just opened. In West Hollywood, on Sunset Boulevard, Prince Street Pizza. But what they do that's different than everybody else is they've made a science out of the pepperoni. Oh, my God. They don't put two or three slices on it like a typical pizzeria. There's more pepperoni than there is pizza. Hell yeah. But the pepperoni is so spicy. I put it on Twitter my mouth is watering already, I can't even speak, at Dr. Robert Clapper, I put a picture of this slice of pizza, the pepperoni pizza, and I immediately heard from a guest on this show a while back. She's a terrific pediatric orthopedic surgeon named Natasha Trentacosta, who immediately responded by saying, I'm obsessed with Prince Street spicy-roni. She said that to me, on Instagram and Twitter, and I love it, and I agree with her. So I catered my office with this pizza this week. Oh my God, don't miss it. Prince Street, get the pepperoni pizza. And I had another beautiful thing occur food-wise in my life this week, which was I had delivered Wexler's Deli lox. Let me tell you something. You know when you watch it, the Lakers, You watch the Rams, and you see that running back running in for a touchdown, or you see one of the basketball players shooting a three to win the game. What do they do? They tap their chest, and then they put their hand in the sky, paying homage to their mom, their dad, their grandpa, their grandma. Well, I sat at my kitchen table, and I toasted a sesame bagel. I put butter on it, and then I put cream cheese on top of the butter, can you imagine? Just like my father used to do. And I put some tomato, some red onion, and draped over that, not thick, a single slice of Wexler's Deli Lox. The smokiness of this fish was unbelievable. And I laid it on top of the onions and the tomatoes and the cream cheese and the butter and the toasted bagel. And I took a bite of that bagel. You know what I did? I was like a basketball player, football player. This is the Jewish version of being an athlete. Is biting into a bagel and locks. I tapped my chest and I put my hand into the sky. Dr. Clapper. Exactly. Like I was talking to Abraham Clapper paying homage to my fearless leader, not my grandpa, not my dad on the basketball court or on the football field, but my dad loved his butter cream cheese bagel and lox. And I took a bite of that sandwich, tapping my chest and pointing to the sky. It was an amazing experience. But giving you two food items, Wexler's Deli, their smoked salmon, the lox, And Prince's Pizzeria, the spicy roni. Let's talk a little bit about next week. Next week is going to be a show all about socks. We have the CEO of the company that makes my favorite socks, Balega Socks. Jared Abrams tracked them down. So I want to talk about socks in the world of art, the world of sports, and the world of surgery. Where in the world of art am I gonna go looking for next week's show? Well, what's the most famous story about socks in my lifetime? It's gotta be Tom Cruise in Risky Business sliding across the floor in that one scene that's iconic for Risky Business. I can't wait to learn about the making of that scene. And in sports, I've got two choices. One, John Wooden. Thanks to Steve Paulette for reminding me. Because you hear Bill Walton and any player, Keith Erickson may want to chime in as well, that you may have been an All-American high school basketball player. But the moment you came to UCLA, the very first day of practice, Mr. Big Shots, John Wooden made it clear you don't even know how to put your shoes and socks on. Every one of his players. And they're looking at him like, are you crazy, coach? You don't need to teach me how to put my shoes and socks on. And John Wooden would say, yes, I do. Because if you don't have your socks on right, you're going to get a blister. And then you won't be able to play. But it also was for a deeper reason. It was John Wooden's way of starting fresh with his athletes. It was really a metaphor. I'm going to be your father figure. I'm gonna be your teacher. I'm gonna be your coach. And we're gonna start at the basics, which is teaching you how to put your shoes and socks on properly. So that's one avenue in sports where socks are more important than just being socks. But also in 1912, in the Stockholm Olympics, both Duke Kahanamoku as a swimmer and Jim Thorpe as a track star, these are the two non-white Americans, which in 1912, trust me, did not go over big, even in America, let alone at the Olympics. But these two world-class athletes and there's no airplane flying you to Stockholm. They're on the ship together even. And they became friends. I learned this from Dave Davis in his book Waterman, about Duke Hanamoku. But there's a photograph, if you go on Wikipedia, Jim Thorpe with socks on one foot and not on the other. Next week, I'll explain why. Until then, I leave you with Golari, singing and flying. Change directions, weekend warriors. That's what we got to do now. See you on the radio.
1: Check out the Weekend Warrior Facebook, Know no Your Knee, knee, knee post. Post. one of the most complicated areas of the body, ACL, PCL mcl patella supplication really dr clapper translates the language of your knee dr clapper the weekend warrior facebook page simply type in weekend warrior in the search bar and click on doc's picture wow your knee feels better already damn right like follow and feel better hello there with the weekend warrior facebook page